Welcome to Energetic Radio. I am your host, Dale Sybottom. Join me each week as I bring you amazing guests and interviews from some of the world's best operators. They will teach us how to bring fun, energy, and joy into each and every day. Let's get stuck in. Welcome to episode 101, and today I am joined by Amelia Donnelly. Now, Amelia, before I introduce you, you are a verdict meditator, you're a Reiki master, you're a teacher, but now the biggest thing of them all, and one that I am so proud of you, you are an author. Congratulations, and how Yay. are you today? Thank you so much, Dale. I am absolutely I'm over the moon. Now, huge congratulations. I know we're going to get into uh, the golden thread and we'll explain yep. a little bit about this and the story behind it and everything like that. But let's talk a little bit. Huge congratulations. I, are you yes. just sort of kicking yourself with actually getting it completed? Um, about a month ago, I was called in to the publisher, Lake Press, their office in Hawthorne, and they had a printout of the Ozolids. And the Ozolids is basically the first draft printout from the, from the printers. And when I was standing in the boardroom holding um, basically what the book would look like when it was printed, I just had this moment where I just wanted to pinch myself because it didn't actually feel real. You know, it felt very surreal and like a dream. Um, and it's taken me about two years to finally get to this point. So it was, it was one of the happiest moments of my life when you actually see something you've worked so hard for really come to fruition. Oh, mate, and that's what I mean. That is amazing. What a, what a great achievement. That's why I want to share this story today because I think it's got so many powerful takeaways, not only for listeners but for students, adults, parents, anybody along the way. So we're going to talk a little bit about the process, but before all that, let's get into the story behind the golden thread. Yep. How did how did this? Did you always want to write a book, or is there a reason why you thought no, that this story needs to be told? Um, this book is very close to my heart, and it it, it came to be because um, my brother was hit by a car and killed when I was halfway through year twelve. Um, so in my life, personally, I've experienced um, grief, trauma, anxiety, and depression. And being a primary school teacher, I began to observe that there were students in my class who would be like how I felt when I was in year 12. Um, they'd sit in the class, they'd stare out the window, they'd look really pale and withdrawn. And I started to talk to my students and realise, you know, what are you feeling? What's going on? And I began to clue in that they were feeling overwhelmed. They were feeling anxious uh, and they had things going on in their life just like we all do, whether it was a parent um, who had a serious illness, whether it was a parent who were divorcing, uh, whether a pet had died or a friend had moved to a different school. There were so many triggers that were making them experience these feelings of anxiety and depression. Um, and I, I thought that there was, well, I felt there was a real lack um, around holistic education in the sense of trying to equip our students with life skills. Um, because we know that life happens um, and sometimes things that can be really traumatic happen and kids as young as five or six can experience um, these situations. So um, the golden thread came to be because I had a girl in grade one um, and she was missing her grandma and I noticed that she was really withdrawn in class and I called her up to me. I said, you know, you look really withdrawn. Is everything okay? And she said, oh, Miss D, I really miss my grandma. 
And, and what you try and communicate to a seven-year-old about how to um, understand that connection or that power of, of love, um, I said to her, oh, Izzy, have you heard of the golden thread? And it just came to me. Um, and she said, oh, Miss D, what's the golden thread? And I said, the golden thread is um, a thread of love that connects you to anyone that you love. So when you miss grandma, you can close your eyes, imagine grandma's face, and you can send her love up the golden thread. Um, and two weeks later, the mum came to see me and said, oh, my gosh, Amelia, what have you said to my daughter? She's totally changed. Um, she's sleeping at night. She's a lot happier. Um, and what was really interesting was I said, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that your grandma passed away. And she said, no, grandma hasn't passed away. Grandma's still alive, but she lives interstate. So for this little girl at seven, um, the perception of separation was what was triggering um, that anxiety and that overwhelm in her. And that's when I said to myself, you know what, I've got to get this book out there. So it was basically a, um, a conversation I had with one of my students that triggered the idea. But the, um, it's also centred around a loving kindness meditation. Um, and I learnt this when doing a Vipassana meditation course two years ago. Um, and a loving-kindness meditation has been around for hundreds of years um, and it's basically a technique or a visualisation where if you're missing someone, you imagine that person, you feel love for them and you send love for them. Um, and that's basically trying to tap into that transcendent nature of love which we all have the capacity to feel but I think need to be reminded um, and particularly kids need to be taught um, some of these techniques so that they actually don't feel anxiety, they don't feel lost, they don't feel separation, um, which we know that they can sometimes do. I, I love that. And I think how cool is that, that it just came because you were generally trying to help out a little girl. And um, I think the beauty of a, a storybook and how you've put that in, you've got the, the love meditation and everything in there. If you were just trying to tell the students these things that they're important and so forth, they probably wouldn't have the same impact. But now you've got characters and it's in a book. Are you finding that because storytelling is so powerful, Amelia, that it is having a huge impact? I, um, I had a I sent and the, the best way to do market research is to um, get the kids to read it and I I gave a copy to um, an online copy to a friend of mine who's got a five year old and uh, he read it to her last night and I got an audio recording this morning and the five year old read the story um, and said uh, you know Dad this is a really sad story but um, in the end it's really happy because the little girl. Uh, finds love in her heart to her brother and she realises that he hasn't really died because love is in her heart. Oh, now, if a wow. five-year-old, and, and it, it gave me goosebumps oh, listening to oh, this audio recording. Right yeah, you know, if a five-year-old has the capacity to, to read that book, to understand the concept instantly and ah, make that connection that, well, hang on, this is actually about something greater than the physical, that transcendent nature of love, um, well, I said to my partner today in a text, you know what, mate, as a teacher and a writer, my job's done, yeah. you know, because that's exactly the message of the book um, to try and portray that idea that we are actually all connected, you know, and even though someone might move overseas or go to a different school or the kids might lose a pet, there's still that love inside of us, which is we know our greatest um, and most resilient emotion and we know that resilience now has become a big buzzword in education, 
partly because the statistics now around mental health are becoming a huge concern. Um, and I think, you know, the latest findings from the World Health Organization, depression to be the world's uh, second largest cause of morbidity by 2020. We know the statistics now around youth suicide, particularly between the ages of 14 to 25, um, currently one in four suffering mental health, soon to be one in three. I mean, I think, as you, and you would appreciate, Dale, having been a teacher yourself, when we're looking at these statistics and we're working, whether it's high school kids or primary school kids, we simply can't ignore these statistics. Um, oh, and no I, I think as an educator or working with young people, um, what can we do? We can no longer ignore those. And, you know, it's great to see a real shift now in positive education and positive psychology um, and a lot more um, curriculum around empathy and gratitude and mindfulness and really trying to equip kids with their lifelong skills to navigate through challenges because we know they happen. Yeah, and I, I, everything you just said then is so true, but I think the one thing to hit home for me is lifelong learners. And that's not just lifelong learners that can read and write. That's that can look after themselves, that know when they need to take time away, know their stress, know triggers and know how to deal with that. So we don't have the issues with anxiety, depression, stress, people taking their lives when they can't handle things. So this book, obviously, and you're getting amazing reviews, it's great, you're getting feedback, it's awesome. Did this also help you with dealing with, you know, obviously losing your brother and um, the, the the symptoms that you said you felt, Amelia, was, was this sort of like a, a tribute to him but also another way for you to sort of appreciate it in a positive light? 100% Dale, and look, I've, I've dedicated um, the book to my brother, um, because it, it was um, he, my own quest for finding, you know, meaning and and contentedness in the face of losing. And he was my, well, he still is my one of my my best friend, and um, we were very close growing up. And I'm so grateful to have had 17 years with him. And the little girl in the story is named Rosie, which is my middle name. Um, and even though James passed away when I was um, 17, in the story um, or in the book to make it relevant for younger kids, I've made her age seven um, and James is about, his name is Christopher, um, which is his middle name. He's about 12 in the story. But basically it goes through the fact that James and I did everything together. We played together, bikes together, seesaws together. And then what actually happened was he went to a birthday party one night. It was his mate's 21st. Um, and then at 8 o'clock in the morning, we had a knock on the door from the police, basically saying there's been an accident, uh, your son's been killed, and we want you to come down to Box Hill Hospital to identify his body. Um, yes. And obviously, I wasn't going to go too far into the, you know, that side of things. But in the story, yes, there's, a, there's an image um, where the illustrator, Deb Hudson, has really beautifully and carefully portrayed the, the scene of two police knocking on our door and standing there and the emotional response of what I actually did in real life when I found out that news, I ran to James's bedroom, hid under his doona and just bawled my eyes out. And in the story, little Rosie does exactly the same. So I really tried to make this, um, this book as authentic to what I really experienced. And I guess you could say, um, yeah, between the ages of uh, 18 to 22, 23, I did suffer real shock and real trauma and I really struggled in life. Um, 
I failed my universe, uh, my nursing degree because uh, I cognitively was just dealing with so much that I couldn't even attend to learning. Um, but then went on a big mission through um, a lot of the yoga and meditation and Reiki and acupuncture and really opened myself up to other ways of being and really, I guess, experienced that, um, sure, James has died, but when you have that love for someone, you have those memories, you actually realize that they're actually still with you, you know? So um, I experienced that myself, which I then really wanted to try and help kids understand. Um, and I have a boy in my class this year. His mum passed away when he was three. Um, and so I've been sharing with him about my book because kids have things um, happen in their lives just like we do. And I think as an adult or a teacher, it's actually really important that we talk about these things, you know, and um, allow our kids that time and space to feel whatever it is that they're feeling and actually try to normalise these experiences and say, yeah, it's totally okay to feel grief. It is okay to feel loss, you know, but what can we do to try and help us? So it's, um, I, I guess I tried, I've tried to weave in a framework um, and that was very much that loving kindness meditation um, to try and help equip kids with a strategy for what to do when they do feel like that. Yeah, and just listening to that then, I, like you're being so open and honest and, you know, I'm really proud of what you've been able to do because it is extremely vulnerable what you've put out there. You know, yeah. you, you've shared your whole life and these issues that you've had and things that you you and your family have gone through, Amelia, and that, yep. I think that's why it's so powerful. So what do you want the Golden Thread to achieve? What's your outcome or goal that you want to see happen with this amazing book that you have created? I think um, when you hit rock bottom in life, Dale, and I'm going to be really honest here, I mean, you know, I, I worked so hard in year 12. I was house captain. I was doing netball. I was doing volleyball, loved life, debating, um, and to, to have be halfway through year 12 and really gunning for your dream, which was to be, my dream was to be a nurse, to then crumple and shatter, you know, to, to have to have, you know, buried your brother at 17. Um, when you hit rock bottom in life, you lose your dream, you lose your sense of self. You know, I didn't feel I could connect to my peers because I was in a totally different realm of just trying to struggle. Um, you know, my, my dad... Um, Kevin Donnelly has written a book called Taming the Black Dog, which is about his experience of depression. So my whole family as a unit, we really genuinely struggled and life became challenging, you know. So for me, you know, my purpose is to try, if I can help any child, any family in some of the hardest times in their life where maybe they've had a parent diagnosed with a serious illness, they've had a, um, a parent, you know, divorce, or they've had a parent die, or even a pet die, you know, um, when you're lying in bed at night feeling, oh my gosh, you know, life is so hard, what am I going to do? Um, if I can, if this book can help during those moments, that's, that just makes me so happy. Um, because at the only time when I was in year 12, when I, would that, when I was that kid sitting in the back of the class, just feeling hopeless and lost, the only thing a teacher could say to me was, Amelia, you'll be okay, you know, yeah. and I think there really needs to be, well, okay, I get that, sure, but when you're going through those those emotions, you actually need a lot more and so I really hope that the Golden Thread um, will become a really great platform for teachers to talk about this with their students, 
for parents to talk about this with their kids and for them to actually sit down and to close their eyes and to actually do this technique in when they are experiencing these feelings because it's helped me. Um, so I, the whole purpose basically is to help others. I think that's that's beautiful and so well said. And um, I, I think the things you touched on most there is that obviously we're both teachers and um, it'd be amazing to use in the classrooms. I'm sure so many teachers will. But one of the big things there is that this is something that all parents can use as well because being mindful and having dealing mechanisms when um, you may not be able to actually understand that your child is suffering and they might not may not want to share that with you. So if you are able to share this with them, then it might be something that they can adapt into their daily routine that helps them out without you actually knowing. So I think that's pretty cool. Does that excite you, those things or those special little messages within the story? Oh, yeah, and I, um, I gave the book in its early um, draft stages to my cousin who had a six-year-old at the time, and when she read the book with her um, and she'd noticed that her daughter had just been a little bit sort of quiet on occasions and it wasn't until that she read this book with her that the little girl went to her drawer and pulled out a photo of her cat and said, Mum, I want to make a golden thread to the cat and their cat that had died and just that this little girl now being able to verbalise that she'd actually been feeling missed, she'd been feeling missing and longing for this cat but didn't actually know how to communicate that with her, with my cousin, my cousin just was like, oh, my gosh, Amelia, you know, my little six-year-old had been feeling longing and missed for their deceased cat and as soon as I read this story, she went and got the photo and just said, Mum, I want a golden thread to the cat. Oh, that's, you know? that's pretty cool, isn't it? And it's so powerful and it is. It's a really simple idea for kids because it's just highlighting that idea of connection, you know, and the fact that even though something might have died or they've gone or they've moved or they've separated from their physical, you know, space, they can still connect to that within themselves and um, and feel love for whatever it is that, um, you know, is no longer physically with them. Yeah, and it's such a it's such a simple thing and it can mean it's really open ended sort of question because it can mean so many different things and you can use the golden thread in so many different scenarios. So I love that. Now one of the big things we're talking about here and, and the one of the big messages of the book, Amelia, is meditation. Now I've always struggled with it, but it's something I've started doing every morning now and I love it. And I would nowhere be near be on the same level of being able to meditate as you can and I do it for a short <laughs> period of time. My mind sort of races You're a little so bit. Buddy. <laughs> But um, how's meditation helped you personally with, um, you know, everything that you've gone through, losing James and um, sort of getting back to being in a position now with such a powerful purpose and helping others? Um, oh, I've been meditating. I've had my personal practice for about nine years um, and I started off doing breath awareness uh, and body scans and then I started getting in. I did a Vipassana course, which is a... 10-day silent retreat, meditating for eight hours a day, so did, which was you probably... Didn't talk, didn't talk for 10 didn't days? Didn't talk. I know. Can you imagine wow. talking for 10 days? No, I can't. <laughs> I know, right? So 10 days of silence and just uh, sitting and meditating for eight hours a day, which was incredible, extremely challenging. Um, and the last three years, I've been doing a practice called Vedic Meditation, which wow. is basically a um, 20 minutes twice a day, which is really manageable. And it is um, a, a practice of transcending um, where we basically close our eyes, we repeat a mantra really quietly in our mind and we experience this really beautiful state of 
bliss and awareness within ourselves. And the thing is, uh, what losing losing James has taught me is that, um, you know, we can have a really great job or we can be living in a really great area or we can have a really great um, partner but still not feel that sense of happiness or wholeness. So meditation is really about dissolving that stress in the nervous system and we know day-to-day life, whether we've got jobs, we've got emails, we've got bills, we've got relationships, um, if we continually have stress build on over time, we actually find that our ability to really feel, to really connect, to really relate can actually be affected. So meditation for me has been a huge game changer. Um, and my partner, Sam, he's, he's been meditating now for two years and it's actually, he's a blues guitarist and it is actually affecting the way he plays and how he performs in the sense that because he's released a lot of stress from his nervous system um, and because he's really practicing that art of transcending, um, he's actually performing at a deeper level. And a lot of athletes, actors um, are really tapping in to this whole field of potentiality inside of themselves, which is incredible. Um, So I do meditate twice a day and I think um, I can still get triggered with stress and anxiety because uh, just because I've lost, you know, James passed away, um, I had a relationship breakdown five or six years ago and that broke my heart. You know, and there are going to be um, times in life where things happen, you know, and um, what we can control is how we respond. And when we respond in a proactive way, um, whether it's doing, you know, looking after yourself, you're doing yoga or your exercise, you're looking after your mind and your stress through meditation, you're getting really great sleep, you're eating nutritious food. You know, you're not on the on the um, phone too much because we know now that social media is having a huge impact on people and their well-being and their anxieties and, you know, self-worth and self-confidence. So I think in this day and age, if we can find a strategy that really helps not only effectively relieve stress but helps us to connect with a greater sense of ourselves and our true nature, which is love, then hopefully we can live a really more authentic, grounded, genuine life regardless of what happens because we know that whole nature of things being impermanent, you know, jobs change, partners sometimes change, you know, family members will die or move. I mean, the end of the day, that's the essence of life. It's going to be constantly moving uh, and shifting and changing. But, you know, what can we do to try and remain really balanced and grounded in the midst of all these things going on? Yeah, and uh, so true. And for people out there that may be a bit sceptical of meditation or think they can't do it, there's I use an app called Headspace and there's like breathing activities that go for three minutes on there. Now, if people say, oh, I don't have enough time for three minutes or I can't concentrate for three minutes, then maybe you really need to reevaluate because everybody can do it. It calms you down. It, it actually peace, it sends a bit of peace through your body, I've found. I love it. So Great, yeah, great it's actually changing our um our neural pathways, and it is actually shifting from your um is it your parasympathetic to your your sympathetic nervous system to your parasympathetic. I think I always get confused, but two, and it actually um, changes your neurons and develops your prefrontal cortex. Yeah. You know, so and there's been so many studies now on people meditating and the fact that they're actually reshaping their brain. 
Correct. And there's so much evidence for it. And so yes. you definitely give it a go, uh, read the book. But one thing I also want to know about is because so many people have ideas, uh, either making an app or doing a business or things like or writing a book. A lot of people want to do it. How was the process, Amelia? I've obviously talked about it and the amazing outcomes, but how was the two-year, three-year process to actually getting that idea from when you're talking about in the classroom to now having it, selling it with people around the world using it? Um, it was really challenging, to be honest with you. And um, I originally I um, emailed and I called eight different publishers and got shot down on eight eight times. You know, and I can remember on the eighth time when the publisher said, "Not interested, never heard of you." Blah. I thought, "Oh my gosh, can't do this." And then I went down the path of, um, you know, okay, well, if I can't approach a normal conventional um, publishing house, I'll self-publish. Um, but at the time I was living on my own and to self-publish a book, you know, is over $10,000. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? So I decided to ask for help because at the time um, I did need help and I crowdfunded. So I asked family and friends to donate um, however much money they wanted to um, and to say thank you for their um, support. I was to give them a, a free copy of the book. Um, and I raised over $5,000, which was a huge social media campaign. Um, and when I started getting people saying, yes, we'll give you money and we'll donate and we believe in you, you start getting momentum. And I think I had that idea of, yeah, you know what, I can do this. And when you have your friends and your, your colleagues and your family really get behind you and support you, it does really help those times where you do get knocked down. Um, I did work with one publisher. I found a self-publisher. Um, and an illustrator, but unfortunately that didn't work out. Um, and after that experience, which was end of last year, I was shattered because um, we had started the, the process with them, but there were some issues that occurred um, as we were working together and it didn't work out. Um, and I probably, I took to be a, bit, a month off um, and my partner, Sam, he said to me, come on, you've got to do this, you know, setbacks happen, but you've, these people have given you money you can do this. Um, and I contacted um, a family friend who um, has a publishing comp company, Lake Press, um, and they agreed to um, help out with publishing um, and printing the book. So I'm so grateful to have had that opportunity. Um, but, yes, there's definitely been times where I've wanted to walk away uh, because when you do have setbacks or things fail or, you know, people say to you, oh, that's not an interesting story, it's not going to work, um, you know, it is, it's not always, yeah, you have to stay focused and just sort of cop it a little bit, but then pick yourself up and keep going, you know, and I, I think in my head and my mind, I, the reason I was doing it is to help those kids um, because I know what it feels like when you feel totally lost and, um, yeah, if I can help another child not feel what I did, then that was my real motivation, and I think also everything you just mentioned that um, nothing worthwhile comes easy. I don't think so. No, um, definitely. You know, not. And, and and those knockbacks they're not they're not knockbacks on you. They're just lessons. And they if you let them knock you down, then you won't get your book out there. But if you keep working, keep pushing, learn from everything, and it's a great lesson for not only kids out there but adults as well. That um, if you want something bad enough, it's going to take time. It's going to take yep. hard work, and it's not going to be easy. But you can tell by Amelia now with um, how happy, excited, and the purpose she's on that. 
you know, like it's just, I must admit, it's so refreshing to hear your voice, mate, and how passionate you are about what oh, you've created. thanks, Dale. And look, to be honest, um, I did have to go, I had to go and refinance my mortgage and I sat down with my um, with my bank and said, I want to do a book. This is, you know, the budget. What, what can I do? And they said, yep, okay, you know, refinance that. So that was great. And my partner and I did have to, we wanted to go to Bali, um, but we had to give up overseas travel, you know. So I think when you really want something to happen, I also had to rent out my second bedroom and Mike's got quite a small apartment, but I did. I rented out my second bedroom and at one point I was going to be willing to sell my car, you know. I think when you have that whatever-it-takes attitude and you almost say to the universe, I'm so serious about this, I'll do anything for it, um, yes, when, you know, now two years on when I've had Elena Brower, one of America's most prominent yoga teachers and author of Practice You, endorse a book when I've had Dr. Elise from Mindful in May endorse a book. You know, when you start getting these things happening and you're just like, oh, my gosh, I can do this. And all of those times where you're like, oh, it's chaotic, um, I can't see it happening, it's not going to work. When you stick at it through those emotions and you come back to your purpose, you know, I'm doing this to help others. I've got to be really um, focused with my intention. It, man, anything can happen. Yeah, that's, I, I love that. Now, the big, the big question here is everybody's listening along. They're like, wow, I'm so impressed with the story, the message, the purpose, uh, the struggle, uh, the hardship that you've gone through to actually create this. Where can we get a copy? Like I can guarantee people are in their car now just ready to put on the blinker <laughs> and pull into the nearest bookstore or how do we get one of the golden threads? So it's in print in, in being printed at the moment. We're hoping to launch December 14. Um, I'm still to organise exactly where it will be um, launched at. Readings and Hawthorne is my hopeful, fingers crossed. But we do, we're running a pre-order campaign at the moment. So if you did want to pre-order the book, um, there will be maybe after this, um, Dale, we can put a little link yeah, on the so my... I'll, I'll have um, in the show notes, so if you go to energetic.education forward slash podcast, um, and this is episode 101, and down the bottom of the show notes, you'll, there'll be a link about exactly what Amelia is going to say now. Yep. So on the, um, the Lake Press My Little Bookshelf um, website, you can pre-order your book. It is $19.99 and will include postage and it's a beautiful heart. It'll be, it's a hardback book which will make a beautiful Christmas gift. Oh, so, listen to that for the sell. <laughs> I know, right? And if you order more than one copy, there's 20% off. Awesome, Maiden. Um, also, if you are on Instagram, I've seen recently that you have a dedicated Golden Thread Instagram page. What's the yes, handle for definitely. that one? Yep, so um, and the golden thread at the golden thread is um, the Insta page, I Super. Think. All right. Well, I'll, again, I'll have that on the show notes uh, and links for both of those. So um, I think also you know, if you've got – if you're listening to this and you have a niece, nephew, you're at a school, anybody – this is an amazing story that I think – all kids, all parents need to read as well because 
I think too often we're worried about the satisfaction and the happiness of our kids and we put we don't do enough for ourselves. So even reading this, learning how to do the love meditation and not only that, just taking away the amazing message from Amelia's journey and her story from everything she's done. So Amelia, from me personally, um, I've known you for a few years now and it's been amazing to see you create this and you should be really proud of that. So um, I hope that people listening can take the love from Amelia and go and buy one and show us support because this is game-changing. Oh, thank you so much, Dale. I'm so grateful and appreciative of all of your support. No worries, buddy. And you're coming to the book launch because you donated, which means you get a signed free copy too. You beauty. I'll be there for sure, buddy. <laughs> so thank you very much for that. Guys, go on onto the show notes and go and pre-order this book because it is going to be game-changing. Thank you, Amelia. Have a fun, fun Thanks, day. Thanks, Dale. Cheers. See you, guys. Bye. Bye.